Thank you for listening to the 16th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I'm Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida. I am joined, as always, with little guy Matt Allen, a bicycle messenger in Minneapolis, can be found on Twitter at littleguymatt. And in Boston, Massachusetts, Spencer Howe, H-A-U-G-H, he can be found on Twitter at Spencer Howe. Follow me at the Super Rookie, and this week we talk about the Tour de France, the Tour de France, the Tour de France, and we throw in a little bit about um, podium girls. Tour de France. At the very end. Uh, in the, to- in the uh, Tour de France conversation, we're going to talk about the te- new technical features. We're going to talk about Mark Cavendish's headbutt, and of course, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite, Jens Voigt. All right, gentlemen, it is the 101st Tour de France on Saturday, and without any time. To be wasted, controversy reared its ugly head, or should I say, Mark Cavendish's ugly head. When he headbutted his way to the tarmac and out of the tour, Marcel Kittle took the first stage. Cavendish later accepted the blame, but should he still get flack for the carnage that he caused? Um, Spencer. Uh, from who? From the UCI or from us? From uh, Well, from both, the UCI yeah. and, and us. Uh, I think uh, I think this sprint was, you know, despite everybody crashing. Well, not everybody, but some people crashing. Uh, Three people. It was it was relatively clean. Like everybody went in a straight line. Kev just tried to go in a straight line where you know somebody just... already was. Um, I don't I don't think it was relegatable uh, as far as the rules go. I think he you know did the right thing, apologizing and stuff, and okay. and really kind of karma. You know, he's the only one who really injured himself badly. So, you know, you hey, know, it's true. Five years ago, Cavendish would not have apologized. But I do want to point out, like, there was the whole Robbie McEwen versus Baden Cook headbutt thing. And now mm-hmm. we've got Mark Cavendish versus Simon Gerrans. I'm sensing that there is a disagreement in the Commonwealth between Britain and Australia when it comes to sprinting. So I don't know if you guys picked up on that. I was I was more surprised. I didn't know what the um like Phil and Paul were gonna do because if if there'd been a a non English speaking rider that had forced Cavendish or Garens to fall, they obviously could pick sides really quickly. But if you've got two English speakers clashing like that, I mean, how do you how do you decide who to talk about it? It was probably hard for them. Oh, yeah. that's very tough for them. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. You know, I do want to say that the uh, the tour this year has been pretty awesome especially these first two stages. The reason I like it, uh, today's stage, they claimed this 33% gradient climb. Um, I didn't see 33%, but then again, maybe, you know, it's it's kind of a falseness of television. But it was pretty awesome to see. It reminded me a lot of how every town has a little bit of a secret climb. 33% (laughs) though, that's like a loop-de-loop, right? I know. And they were talking about... uh, how this climb was in the back roads of Sheffield. But it got me to thinking that a few weeks ago, little guy, you were talking about how much you hated Grand Tours that start in foreign countries, like Northern yep. Ireland for the Giro. I do. With these two days of the of the tour bringing excitement, do you want to retract those words or do you still agree? No, I still stand by that. It can be exciting and I can still think it's a stupid idea because they could have found a steep road in France, you know? Sure. I, I, you know, they do have one more stage tomorrow. It's going to end in front of, I believe, Buckingham Palace or whatever. The The good news is that <laughs> England is so close to France that the ne- there isn't a weird rest day. Because remember how the Giro had that, like, 
three days of yeah uh, racing and then they did a rest day to go back to italy i mean they're just pretty much going to ride underneath the the tunnel the channel right and then there they are racing in uh northern france yeah mm. that's that is nice that there's no uh extra rest days yeah. i know so, the uh the the uh, wild card team's got to take the ferry it's going to take them 18 <laughs> hours to get across uh, some of the Brenton Shaw, whatever on the ferry, all by themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we can't afford the tube, you guys. Are you crazy? Well, <laughs> you know, there's definitely a lot of that. Uh, what do you guys have anything that that came out? I've got this little crib note of lists of the first day of the two or the first two days of the tour that that came up. For example, what is up with Tinkoff Saxo Bank going with the high vis yellow green combo? But yet they can't get the matching helmets. It's almost like they didn't plan this. They have the old yellow helmets of the old Saxo, yeah. but then they've got this neon green, and now there's this horrible clash going on. I'd I'd like to think that the the jerseys were like a like something that that Olag or whatever his name is, the Tinkoff guy, thought of and forgot to tell Bjarni, and he sort of brought them in <laughs> two days ago and was like, yes. This is going to be awesome. And do a press release right now. And you put these on. And everyone was like, yay. So, so the Artie was totally planned. caught holding the bag as Tinkoff comes. I have this great idea, guys. And yeah. It's kind of like every idea. It's like every idea. Every idea I've ever had at the bike shop. Hey, Keith, this is what we're going to do. And then like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, sounds, that sounds like about it. right. Yeah. I'm sure that's exactly how it is, is like. He's always got ideas, and Bjarni's going, yeah, we'll try to do that. That'll be cool. That'll be really great, man. And he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Always How do I make this less painful? Olag's um, uh, willingness to spend money on ridiculous stuff. Yeah. The other things that I uh, noticed, that, uh, and then you guys can come up with some things to add to, but the uh, the crowds were amazing. Tons of people along the side of the road. I haven't seen that yeah. in a long time. Uh a lot less running on the the side of the stage, but they were just standing in the middle of the roadway. It seemed there was a lot but, of that. But yeah. the running, you know, maybe that's just a, you know, that's kind of getting old, perhaps. Peter Sagan, when he was in the white jersey, did opt for the green um, shorts of Cannondale. I am wondering tomorrow if he's going to have a full green uh, look as he's got the points jersey. And then finally, David Miller was at the start line today. I don't know if you guys saw this. I saw some pictures no. of him, and he's looking kind of old and not very healthy. I mean, you know, definite distraction, that guy. Maybe that's he's why he's maybe not he on just, the team. Yeah, maybe he just wandered there. Maybe he has Alzheimer's and uh, just Ooh. ended up at the start line. Like, I love just... I love you can make fun of him, but, I mean, you guys are probably the same age. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty good. Do you guys uh, have anything else that you've noticed in the first couple days? Um... No, I don't know. Seems like all the all the favorites are are pretty pretty equally matched so far. Though I'm, it's nice to see the sharks already attacking. Oh, speaking yeah, of the the shark with uh, that's uh, Vincenzo Nibali. Uh, Spencer, you were so excited when he won the Italian national championship. Uh, How do you feel after seeing that abomination of a national kit from Astana? You know, it's kind of Astana's thing uh, that they do with the they don't. They can't change the Kazakh pride too much, and they can't overrun it with a different different uh, nation's flag, which is just disappointing because every national kit they've ever done has been horrible. And uh, it's true. It's it's really a shame because the Italian, if there's what? one thing you can usually depend on, it's a ridiculously just 
you know, big Italian flag kit for the champion of Italy. Well, and that's how it should be. The Astana does have a track record of doing horrible national team kits. I remember you could never tell who was the actual uh, Kazakhstani champion because it looked just like the Astana kit. Mm-hmm. But they did go kind of outside their box with the uh, um, Levi Leipheimer U.S. National Champ jersey. I wasn't the biggest fan, but at least they astonished it to be like, oh, okay, like you know, he's something else. This Too thing, Astana. this thing is, is horrible. Good? You know, and you take that and you put it up against the French National Champion jersey, which almost doesn't even have the FD Jure um, yeah, yeah. logo yeah. on there. I mean, it's yeah, just because Mark Maddott is just kind of a he's a crazy guy. He's the complete opposite, yeah. whereas Astana want to hide at all costs and only want to support their thing. You know, uh, dude over at F- FDJ, he just you know, he's so excited about having the, the French national kit. Oh, yeah. he, he doesn't want anything else in there. You know, like you see it, you're like French national champ and then you, you figure it out and you learn. And I mean, it's the French lottery, too. So they kind of have to like, well, I like really that support the cause. Mark Maddott for those that uh, need to know who he is, he's the picture that we included on last week's podcast on uh, the slowridepodcast.com of sticking his head almost all the way out the window as he's yelling yeah. at one of his riders winning a stage. The, he uh, probably he put like five dents in the door of that car, pounding <laughs> on it. Like he was so excited in that photo. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. The, That's, you know, speaking of that, speaking of that, uh, Thibo Pino, he's like one of the few GC guys who lost some seconds today. Well, so. yeah, and it, it, I was going to get to that. The actual he's hope, French. Like, that's that's how they do it. The, you just yeah, lose a few. Other it's not guys a big didn't deal. lose time. Uh, it's not uh, I don't know. Their 16 seconds went down to uh, Frank Schleck, and Andy Schleck lost almost a minute. Those are GC guys? <laughs> well, you know, you got to uh, pretty good for Andy. I mean, that's pretty good. Andy yeah. lost a minute twenty. Frank Schleck lost sixteen let's, seconds. Let's, let's be honest. We're we're all surprised two stages in that they're both still in the race. <laughs> True. They haven't the fractured in half yet. Yeah. The, the Frandy only... Frandy is not known for sticking around for you know a long time these days. You know what I think? What's surprising is they didn't finish in the same group. I can't believe that Frank dropped his brother. That's just mean. They are <laughs> kind of joined at the hip these days. Yeah. yeah. So the only person that well, I think this gentleman really solidifies Heimar Zubeldia's ranking as the GC contender for Trek he Factory is. Racing. I mean, with Shaq's already out. He's got two so... loyal lieutenants. It's 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 amazing. This is Zubeldia's year. He's Zubeldia's hope... in, yeah, he's got the experience to lead the team. I mean, he's done 65 or 70 tours so oh, far. I mean, and you yep. know, he, who's going to be ready for when the Musette bag um, latches on to Contador's bars? Who's going to yeah. be the guy that's going to attack and drive it? It's going to be Zubeldia. With that, we're going to um, take our first break, and we'll be coming back in a second with our uh, discussion on new technical features at the Tour de France. Ooh. gentlemen we're back with uh something that as you as expected the tour de france is where the companies unveil their newest and greatest inventions and trek wasted no time in unveiling the amanda line of bicycles claiming them to be the lightest production bike on the market 
gunshots in the background from Dorchester, Boston, where Spencer House is. This is great. yeah. This is people are getting murdered pretty are much they, constantly. Is it because they're excited over the lightest bicycle, lightest production bike on the market from Trek named the Amanda? I mean, um, it's <laughs> it's little known fact that the Revolutionary War is still being waged here in Dorchester. Yes. Um, now, now the now the, the the Ebola bike from Trek uh, seems pretty light. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's dropped a lot of weight somehow. I'm not well, sure how they uh, expended all that. So I uh, like that you called it the Ebola bike. I've got the details here for you, okay? <laughs> so so check this. The UCI minimum for a bike is 6.8 kilograms or 14.99 pounds. So that's how much it has to weigh. And we remember okay. a few years ago, Cannondale had their whole like legalize my uh, – Cannondale where they would glue the weights on the top tube so you could see it and be like oh that's a really light bike right so Cannondale uh, or I'm sorry the UCI says 15 pounds basically the Trek full Amanda with SRAM Red 22 which retails at $15,750 comes in in at 4.65 kilograms or 10.25 pounds you can buy three Skodas for that Yes. So, so the bigger question is 10.25 pounds. That's almost – well, doing my social studies teacher math here, that's roughly four pounds um, or three, three and a half pounds lighter yeah. than the UCI minimum. So what's the point? I You know, they don't weigh at local races, man. So, that's true. So this it won't get the UCI UCI. sticker. Yeah. What? Well, it wouldn't. Well, I guess the frame would still get the sticker, but you would yeah, need to anything, find any frame can fit within those UCI guidelines. All you got to do is put like nine power meters on it, and boom, fourteen pounds. Ah, there you go. The the power meters may be the way. Yeah. I really don't care that much, but I, you know, little Nerd. guy, little guy, what's your bike weigh? Uh, I don't know. I probably a lot. Probably, <laughs> probably I don't know. Probably like nineteen, eighteen, nineteen range. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's a normal number to shoot for. I'm, I'm just curious. So, I've so never weighed my bike. All right. So I have. I have also have no <laughs> idea what my bike weighs. Let's get to the biggest technological advancement that we have, and that is Tinkoff Saxo Banks water carrying device that can hold five water bottles. Have you guys seen this thing? This vest that has pockets, no. so you can carry the water bottles. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, pockets all the way up the back so the water carriers don't have to stuff them down the jerseys oh. anymore. But this, That's pretty um, smart. Did you hear That's who smart. invented this? Probably no. Tinkoff. It was. It was Michael Rogers came to Tinkoff with this idea, and Tinkoff called up their jersey manufacturer and was like, hey, we need a vest for water bottles. But it does seem a little limiting because let's think about this for a second. It only fits five water bottles, right? Yeah. If you put three in your jersey pocket – you know, and then you can easily stuff two down the back of your jersey, like where the normal racers, that you're actually only getting five water bottles where you can easily, I mean, don't they do the competition throughout the tour with who can carry the most? And sometimes yeah. it's like, you know, 15, 16 bottles. Yeah. So you're, you're bummed that the, the they're just going to lose the most bottles carried, but they're, they're probably going to get the most bottles to their destination, you know? <laughs> See, I'm 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 interested in how this little vest works. Like, does the mechanic already have this vest filled up and then he hands it out the window and then oh, the rider yeah. while he's riding fills it? Or does like the rider put it on and then the mechanic comes by and stuffs the vest? Where's the vest? Is it actually go over or is he like it wear over. it like a base no, layer? 
No, it goes over, so it's like a black mesh. You know, mm. it's something you wear to the club. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, clubs that you guys go to. Phone yeah. party. <laughs> it, it's a oh, if someone wore that to the next phone party, uh, you're definitely on the VIP list. You'd have all your <laughs> drinks. It'd be great. <laughs> Those are the two big technical things that I just wanted to talk about. Uh, I mean, you guys. I, I think there's another technical, uh, um, you know, breakthrough going on right now. What's that? Is that somehow since the Giro to the Tour, aero helmets have uh, gotten less ugly. They're really? still there. they've gotten less They're still aero. ugly, but they're less ugly. How are they less ugly? They're, they're wearing I don't the... know. Because they're still ugly. Which but one? Less ugly. So I I have not seen. I've seen the um you know Katusha Paulini was wearing his. I haven't seen. Oh, they've, oh yeah, they're still full goofy. Like, I haven't uh, seen overt like. I still haven't seen anyone go all out with like an airbrush job circa the the, yeah. the strip mall. And I really want to see that. Like the shark. Why did Vincenzo Nibali, who's nicknamed the shark, whose bike was filled with shark teeth, not have jaws? I mean. This mm. seems to me, you know, if hockey goalies can get away with it, why don't bike racers, if they're wearing that lid, have something? Uh, because, you know, they're kind of classy. All right. So we'll be back in uh, just a second. got to talk about our good friend Jens Voigt when we come back right after this. All those good times, ups and downs. All right, guys. Jens Voigt is old. We're talking 42 years old. We're talking Chris Horner old. Jens Voigt has found himself in a weird spot. He was active during the doping period of the sport, right? Or the the confirmed doping period of the sport. And now he's almost a relic of opportunity and good interviews. Like that like people are stoked for this guy, but they kind of forget his past. So my question is, how will um history judge Jens Voigt? Will he only be remembered for the breakaways and the funny sound bites? Or will he eventually go by the wayside like George Hincappy is just a loyal lieutenant that played the game and will never really come clean about doping? I, I don't know. Well, I think, I think George... I think that's know, a pretty hard question, clean. Jim, considering I don't know what, what, he, what he's done uh, throughout his career. I'm just going to just See, hold out hope that he was clean and he's he's just a nice, nice guy he that was, gives wacky He was interviews. on the French team he forever. He was, he was so, on the Credit Agricole for a really long time. Yeah, but then he was and, on CSC. And they were horrible. We talk they about were it. horrible. So they were horrible through the worst part team. of the doping. He was on CSC. He was on Bjarni Reese's like, drivetrain. I mean, this dude was... The machine for that team. When we first started so, watching the tour, so you're Jens making Voigt, allegations here. Is that what's going on? Is that what I am doing? not making allegations. However, sounds like you're making allegations. He was hanging out with Bobby Julik. Remember this guy? No, the cleanest yeah, I guy we Bobby all know. Julik. So, so you guys think that that Jens Voigt will just get away, which is fine. I I like Jens Voigt for who he is. <laughs> I like the sound bites. Know. He goes geocaching. He's always talking about fun stuff. But he was crazy today in the interview post race. I know, like crazy. He's got great sound bites, but they seem to really kind of forget a little bit about you know who, where he, you know, well, he's been around you know, for a while. It's a new day and age, you know. The new, the when new I cycling fan. 
We don't care. Yeah. All right. When I saw him being interviewed today, he was being interviewed by Vandeveld. So I mean, it was. I mean, which? What? Well, no, the, this this Vandeveld ah. thing. Let's talk about this Vandeveld thing. I think that he is the best thing added to the NBC sports coverage. Um, the but fact... aren't you mad about his past? Well, no, because he's kind of come clean about it, right? I mean, yeah, but you don't. He's American. He's I'm not. He's not German. Yeah, you can't be mad at Jens Voigt because he hasn't come clean. And he's don't German. Know if he's dirty, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't presume he's guilty so, until. So until you're trying he... to tell him? Well, I'm not saying he's dirty now. I, I'm saying that. <laughs> no, there I is, don't even care. I'm you're saying, saying when I'm he's saying dirty, he dirty, but you're now, saying he should, he should come clean about what? We don't know. You can't like you're gonna has sit he, around and be like. Has he ever really like? Him? Okay, well, he he has more or less been like, hey, whatever, you know, like things happened, but he's never said anything. You know, he was like, yeah. so, he kind of shrugs his shoulders and was like, well, you know, the past, the past, whatever. So, so, but, so it's almost like he's the luckiest guy that that is still racing. By- I, I think it, as long as he's like entertaining and going off the front and doing his Yenzi thing uh, and not actually winning anything important, he'll be fine. Let's talk about what little guy mentioned. Um, Christian Vandeveld now doing the coverage for NBC Sports. I think he's been a fantastic addition. Um, mostly because they seem to have maybe started the transition away from Paul and Phil. In the last 1K alone, they talked about how Peter Sagan wouldn't go to the front, and then 10 seconds later, P- Peter Sagan was attacking to the Love front. The they then yep. talked about how Contador couldn't respond to Chris Froome's attack. 10 seconds later, Contador is on Froome's wheel. So whatever yeah. Paul and Phil say, just think the exact opposite 10 seconds later and then you'll yeah. have it so you know they've got to start um, this transition faster because they're horrible. they probably you know in their defense they probably had no idea that was Sagan you know with the with the white jersey on <laughs> and and just you know not having any kind of eyesight at all uh, those guys uh, they should have retired the, maybe 10 years ago now I appreciate NBC Sports coverage but they need to get rid of these uh, two guys because I think it can actually build um, viewership for the racing. Yeah, but, I, I can't. I can't handle the NBC. I haven't seen any of it this year. I I, I look for the Eurospe- Eurosport feeds. Oh, I th- I I do uh, suggest that you at least try to listen a little bit to Ka- uh, Vandenveld's coverage. It, it was good when it was with Bob Roll. So yes. um yeah. So we'll be back in just a second. I want to talk about the uh, inaugural two days of the Slow Ride Podcast Fantasy Super League. <laughs> So the question is, is Little Guy winning the Fantasy Cycling League? No, he's not. Um, Currently, after two days, the lead is the quick release, led by Paul Messel, who is a a graphic (laughs) designer here in Gainesville. Um, Paul Paul Messel has uh, correctly picked two stage winners. Um, What kind of jerk does that? That guy has some sort of weird connections. (laughs) I do want to say that... uh, Fignon Aerodynamics is currently in last place between the yes. three of us. Little guy Matt Allen is in second place, and in first place oh, is really? Capital City Meets. And Capital City Meets has taken the lead, gentlemen, because they included the little-known um, future superstar 
Michael Kiewitkowski. Little who, known? Who Did you now, just say little known? Who, who now with Cavendish dropped out, I believe yeah. that um, Quickstep is going to put all their eggs in the basket of this Polish um, phenom who everyone wonders, will he be a tour contender someday? So I will be, answer that question right now. He will not be. A tour contender? No, I read absolutely it on, not. I read it on the websites. Oh, the, what, the internet? Never mind. Did the so, internet tell you that? So we should he talk. He can't race for three weeks. There's no way. So I want to thank the 54 people that have yeah. signed up Holy teams. Crap. Um, we increased our number from the Giro. Chris Almay, our friend in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, with Team Almageddon, is in a very distant last place. Um, a lot of Cavendish on, uh, you know, we're selected. And with Cavendish out, a lot of people are going to be missing. I do want to point so that between the three of us, little guy, you chose a team with only 88 points. You were given a 100-point budget. Why yeah. only 88? Uh, I just those are the guys I wanted. I, I you know it was hard because I kept I kept picking the team and then being like, man, I have so many points left because Froome <laughs> was so Froome was so overweighted in the yes. in the way. So if you weren't picking Froome, I think it was almost it was pretty hard. And for um, the the three of us, I also we, don't remember who I picked. Well, I've got him but, right here um, for you. So so I just want to we'll go through the teams. We yeah, did go through my team. we did um, we did do a uh, no Frooms allowed. Uh, competition between the three of us. We hope that others would have joined us, but definitely the three of us. So, little guy, your um, your leader is Molema of uh, yeah. Belkin. He's gonna do really well. You also have Nibali, and yeah, an obviously good pick. And yes, he won the stage today. Great job. You have Jurgen Vandenbroek of uh, uh-huh. fourth place is mine. Yeah, he'll, yep. he'll be fourth place. Yeah. You have yep. uh, Pino That's of FDJ, points. who is the is he the national champion of? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Well, who's Pino? Tell me a little bit about him. Thibaut Pino? Yeah. He's, he's he's the guy who, when he's riding, somebody likes to hit the side of a car. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's the one that was hit by the car. Yeah. Uh, with, uh... He's, he's the guy who had to leave the tour last year because he was too afraid to descend the to mountains. Descend. He couldn't he handle back. it. Yeah, and he's he had a mentally good shaken. Yeah. Yeah. So and now he's also... back on. That's so that's that's four of my guys, and they're all gonna finish in the top ten. Okay. Okay. So what, okay what, well, I'm so... not done yet, little guy. You have Thomas, I know Thomas the tongue vocaler. Yes. Of Europe car. You have Bryce Falou of the oh, Breton. What a horrible pick. Little, little guy. Just that's he's little French. Guy. Come on. So little you guy. had you had like twelve extra points. You couldn't you... spend them on a sprinter. <laughs> Like, come on, Kittle was twelve points. <laughs> Little guy, you he, know what? He spent six I points hate on this sprinters. guy. Sprinters, sprinters, sprinting is stupid. Sprint, well, anyone, any sprint stage is stupid. <laughs> I don't want to support it. It's a total waste of my time. Like tomorrow's stage. Do you need mm. to turn on tomorrow's stage before the last like one k? No. No. You don't. It's a I mean, total, you don't need to turn it on at all. Waste of time. No, so I don't want to support sprinters by picking them. Well, Roman Feilu, the only thing he's got going for him is the awesome black and white kit, which has a horrible gradient. So I don't even know well, what to he's, think. He's 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 <laughs> he was the he was the in the sprinter column. He was the, the least sprinter sprinter in the sprinter column. He was like he <laughs> was like a sprinter like five years I ago. So I so love the idea that I get to. Then. I so love the idea that I get to write your paragraph. Because oh, you're, yeah. you're totally going to lose. All right, uh, you have Michael Rogers, who for six points actually isn't that bad of a pick, especially he's, considering that he designed the water bottle carrying yeah. vest. And he's going to get some good. He's going to get some good mountain steady being up there in the mountain points, man. You have just, uh, 
Tony, Tony Gallopin. Who, He's a good pick. Who, that's a good, a good pick. pick for six points. He is six on, points? He is on the lotto team. And what's crazy about Tony Gallopin is that the announcers always talk about him being, you know, maybe the next big hope, even though it will never happen. And then oh, you rounded it out. Yeah, rounded it out with Roy Costa of Lamprey, the world champion. Yes. And, I, and I, I picked him as one of my leaders, and we'll go through my team here next. But what do you think of Costa? Do you think he has a chance for a top ten in the overall? <laughs> oh yeah, I think he'll finish. I think he could finish top ten, which means I'll have five guys finish in the top ten, which means uh, I'm gonna win. That's good. I've got eight guys that are gonna finish in the top ten. So, <laughs> so as I said, I have Costa of Lamprey. I also have uh, Vandenbrook, the tall, lanky um, climber, uh, same as little guy, and also I have uh, Thomas Vokler. I had to go with Thomas Vokler just for the fact that he um, always seems to be in the right place and always in contention for some high stage finishes. Yeah. At eight points, it was maybe a stretch. I came in at exactly the 100 points. I went without the Contador, Cavendish, or Froome approach. I decided to take a, a few long shots and hope for a big reward. I have Andrew Talansky, who will get fourth place. I have Romain Bardret. <laughs> Of, uh, How is AG Vandenbroek Tour. and Thelansky going to get fourth place? This the, is going to be tricky. They're Tyler Hamilton's yeah, they're Chimera design. twins. It's okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we, we have uh, AG2R's leader. I have Peter Sagan as my sprinter. Um, I think that he will win the green. I have Heimar Zubeldia, who for six... <laughs> <laughs> who, who, really? Yeah. For, he for, really did. For, for just six for points. For old time's sake. Just for old time, I still have my Uscatel hat. And mm. for six points, he took six points today. Um, which uh, he's in six points for back. GC, and he took five for the stage. And then I oh. also have Michael Kiewitkowski, um and I have Leopold Koenig of NetApp. I definitely had to take pick. NetApp. I had him, as... and I, I almost kept him. You could have yeah. kept him. He was only eight points. That's a... I know, I know. But, you know, I kind I couldn't decide if he was going to turn out to be really good or he was just one of those dreams that you hope he's going to be good, but he's actually going to finish like he's... All right, let me, uh... He's, he's going to be good in the Vuelta. That's, that's his ammo. All right, let yeah. me find uh, Spencer's team. I got to scroll down here a little bit. Uh, under, oh, uh, oh, there it is. It's down so, there. so at least three of them have to be guys so, that I picked. So, so, so you Spencer. have Balke Malema of uh, yep. good Belgian. Choice. Good, good choice. Yep. You have Nibali, who's the same choice as uh, choice. the little guy. Yep. You have uh, Pino, Thibaut Pino of FDJ. Also brilliant, brilliant. Uh, you went with the bloodied... The bloody man, Lawrence Tendam, who always seems to find himself in the yes. pictures of the tour. So, it's a pretty good choice. He's got a cold, though. So, Did so, you know he has a cold? Yeah, I but didn't. It's a three-week tour. Fine. So yeah. here's the he question. Will Tendam, will Tendam find himself bloodied from getting hit by a car? Will he find himself bloodied from running into barbed wire? Or will he find himself bloodied from the fabled accident caused by cattle? That we have been waiting for years to see. I don't, I don't, you know, I think no blood, just snot. <laughs> he's yeah. just, he's going to have a clean race, but by his standards, that means he's going to be covered in snot by the end of the race. Uh, so don't, don't ride behind him is the idea. He's not going to be a good wheel to follow, and that means he's going to get the gap. Yeah. No, he's that guy that's always like hawking like loogies. That's, and it's just that's the trick. And you, you, know how, you don't want to get you, ride, you don't want to get spit on in a bike. You know how when okay? you ride down the uh, the bike path and you get a path elite that latches on your wheel, doesn't say anything, you don't know they're there, 
kind of thing and they're just following yeah, you and I all of a sudden you can like you hear them coast and you're like son of a bitch somebody is just glued on my wheel and didn't say wait so anything. what's the proper etiquette are you supposed to say like hey do you mind if i ride back yeah like yeah yeah no that's, you're supposed to get thing. off my wheel and, well yeah and go you probably, back. Wait, so you don't so you don't allow a hit- wheel that you don't know so but, you don't allow a hitchhiker like some no, guy like what if they no, ask no. like hey do you mind if i ride your wheel for a little bit i usually say i don't care but i actually do care it's super annoying yeah but if but they ask never at least but here's the thing if they ask i won't do this but if they don't ask a nice way to get them off the wheel is to lawrence tindam them and blow some snot rockets backwards <laughs> over your shoulder like you didn't know they were there because technically you don't know that they were there and that'll get them off your wheel pretty quick. So do we? I have, just turned abruptly. So do we have? <laughs> so we have a judgment here. A, a slow ride podcast. Um, the real rules is you just don't go uh, ride directly behind someone you don't know. You leave at least no. what three or four bike lengths, like it's a time trial, two, and then you pass them. A two's fine with me, but you just don't. You just don't get in the slipstream, man. You just. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's just bizarre. Race. Why would you do that? You don't and, know this person. Why are you? Why are you right behind them? Where you could like. So if run someone is them? riding on your wheel, you have permission to ten damn them with yes. your snots. Uh, yeah. You have Marcel Kittle of the Hair Gel. He's gonna uh, win the green jersey. He's uh, already got the bike painted and everything. It's gonna be awesome. How many times will Kittle throw his bike? Uh, <laughs> you have uh, a bunch of riders I've never heard of here. You do have Alberto Contador. You t- you 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 punked out and you took Contador. Even well, because he's gonna different. win. Sure. But let's get to the three riders. I don't even know who they are. You guys can make fun of me, but I have okay. no clue who these guys are. I'm ready. Steven Kruiswick of Belkin. Did I say that last name? Probably That's incorrectly. That's a weird pick. That's what a great I mean, pick. Why, what, he, what he's pick? gonna be right up there with Mama and Lauren Tendam. Uh he's he's gonna be their uh one of their captains, like getting Mama up the road, but I don't so, trust Mama that much. Like I think he's gonna be good, but not great. You trusted him enough to pick him on your team, right? No, this is the logic here. Like he's gonna be very good, but not good enough. And Tandam oh. and this other guy whose name I can't pronounce, they're also gonna be that good. So like, all wow, you have a lot of Belkin always gonna be up there. He, he's yeah. got three. He's got. Well, I think the faith is in Belkin not having a sponsor uh, next year. So right. therefore, they're all <laughs> riding for themselves. They are not That's riding true. for Mama. So, so they're all going to be up there, and they're all going to be getting points. So let's but, go to uh, th- this next guy that you have from Giant Shimano, Tom Dumoulin. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick. Good pick. He's an excellent pick. He's going to be a white jersey I, winner. At no, the he's day. not. No, it'll either no. be him. It'll no. either be him or Pino. Are you nuts? Um, yes. No. That is that is no. how it's going to go. Easily, Michael Kiwakowski will be winning the. He white can't jersey. ride the big mountains, Tim. Dude, he can't he's do the it. next tour hope. No, okay, he's not. Whatever. No, Dumoulin. Andy Schleck's gonna win the white. So, and then you finally, yeah. for movie star, you have Ion Izagari. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. newly crowned Spanish national champion. No. Who's also gonna be in the hunt for the white jersey? I've got the white jersey locked up. <laughs> that is that's, free that's, points. That is free points. I guess. And you all know, these I guys are gonna guy be top in a white team. jersey. Today. As far as best team names. Right now, Miller's Crossing, M-I-L-L-A-R, is definitely near my favorite, as that is, as we all know, a famous Coen Brothers movie. It's, it's a reference to uh, David Miller, too. You know? I know. So, like, that's, definitely... the, that's the spelling connection there. No, no, I, I, I get it. Like, you, you, you half pointed that out. I just want to make sure. Everything so, yeah, else, so we will eight of my know. guys, top ten. 
Eight of them. Everybody but Kittle. <laughs> you're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> All right, we'll be back real, real quick uh, to just wrap up this episode 16 of the Slow Ride Podcast. <laughs> The final thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, I don't know if you guys saw Nibali on the podium, and he yep. got a, uh, so he was getting his lion, he was getting his yellow jersey, he turns to his right, and he gets the cheek kiss from the podium hostess, and he turns to his left to go in for the kiss with the other podium hostess, and she totally stands him up, like leans back that. and is not going to kiss him. Now, I had heard rumors that they were getting rid of the podium kisses, so maybe there was some uh, miscommunication. But what is up with podium girls? It's it's time to do away with them. I know we can do this conversation more, but it seems that, you know, even at women's races, you still see podium girls. It's really strange. Until there's a bunch of dudes up on the podium uh, with the ladies, I don't you know. know. This heteronormative idea yeah. of podium girls is frustrating to me. So, guys, Why? Why? brief, Why? because I think it's stupid. I think it is a... A um a throwback th- to the old time. I'm not exactly. a big fan of what, it. What what is cycling though? What is cycling like, is getting a stuffed Tour animal. The whole You're Tour de France is just... a throwback <laughs> to older times. You know, it's it's a classic yeah, era. That, why does that why like, does that part have? So why to? do we're I? Not, we're not insane. racing cars. We're not racing motorcycles. No. We're racing bicycles. Like it's everything is a throwback, and that's so, so you it's know, okay it's, to it's have podium girls. Correct. I don't know. But it's, it's not period, okay. period correct. This isn't yeah. a reenactment. It sort of is, though. <laughs> no, it's not. There's it's electronic not re- shifting on bikes. Oh, <laughs> They're not having a stick. They have radios in their it's ears. A, it's the it's a romance thing. It, it, can you guys hold up? I gotta flip my like gear. Or I gotta flip my wheel around so I can change my gear on this descent. Get rid of podium yeah. girls and hostesses and women and dudes. What is what is going to happen to the podium girl economy though if you do that? That's true. That's how Christoph Moreau met his wife. That's how George Hincapie met his wife. But still, yeah. it doesn't... Love. Love well, the is, question is on the How is Hincapie on the podium anyway to meet the podium hostess? That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> Thank you for joining the Slow Ride Podcast. You can download on iTunes or Stitcher. Just search the Slow Ride Podcast. Visit our website, theslowridepodcast.com, for all of the links and information. Leave a review for us on iTunes. Help us uh, rise up the rankings and have a wonderful week watching the 101st Tour de France. She loves him so. She loves him so. She does what she has to. She loves him so. She loves him so. Loves him so, she does what she needs to.